everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, a fabulous premier free writing magazine on the Internet. We feature articles on writing, writing life, and video and audio interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genre. Now, people, listen. If you go to Author Magazine and you're a fan of Author Magazine, you may have noticed you can't go there right now. It's true. We're in the process of revamping the whole thing. It's been revamped, and we're just making this switch. I don't understand it. It's something about the Internet and servers and domains. Anyway, as of today, this moment, 2 o'clock on March 27th, it's not quite there, but it'll be there soon. So I'm sorry there's no author at this moment, but there will be, and my blogs will start again, and the interviews will start again. It'll all be there. We're just a bunch of writers, but we're figuring this thing out. That's Author Magazine. When it's ready to go, which should be any moment now, it'll be ready at authormagazine.org. We're also funded by the fabulous Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from Penda Publications since 1955. You can learn more about the PNWA at pnwa.org. The date for entering the contest, it's closed. It's over. You can't enter the contest anymore, but you can still go to the Writers' Conference. It's going to be in September, early September. I think first weekend in September in 2018. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of good authors. I'll be teaching there. There'll be editors. There'll be classes. Oh, it's awesome. You want to learn about it, go to pnwa.org, pnwa.org. I will also mark it on your calendar, Cinco de Mayo, Saturday afternoon, 5th of May, here in Seattle. I will be teaching a fearless writing workshop over at the Good Shepherd Center. I've taught there before. Uh, it's on my website, like I said, Saturday uh, May 5th, from 12.30 to 3.30 afternoon. I just just put it out there. Uh, you're the first to hear about it. I'll be talking about it between now and the time. But mark it down. Seattle, over in the Wallingford District, Good Shepherd Center, May 5th, Fearless Writing. Fearless Writing. Speaking of fearless writers, oh, I know today's author is Robert Cray. He's one and only. Robert is the uh, author of the best-selling Elvis Cole novels. Now, he began his creative career, his writing career, writing for TV shows like Hill Street Blues and Miami Vice. But he decided to leave that very lucrative world of television to pursue his dream of writing novels. He did it. It took a little while, but he hit pay dirt with his first published novel, The Monkey's Raincoat. Great title. Great title. I have to say, which became a smash hit and went on to win the Anthony and the McCavity Awards. And he's been, he has now published, I think it's 21 novels and remains one of the most read and respected suspense writers working today, which is why I'm so glad to have him on the show. Robert, welcome to Author to Author. Bill, it's great to be here. Thanks. You know, ever since you mentioned Cinco de Mayo, all I'm thinking about is margaritas. So, you know, I'm going to greet that here. <laughs> Well, if you have if you have the fixins handy, feel free to make one for yourself while we're talking. I won't be offended. What makes, I assure what makes you. you think I didn't start my day with one? That's right. Boom. Well, hey, yeah. here's a question for you. Here's yep. a writer question. Are you a morning guy, afternoon guy, all day guy? When do you do your writing? Uh, morning, afternoon. I'm I, I, I'm one of these crazy, weird people who gets up uh, super early. I, uh, uh, how early? I, I'm an early I'll, guy. I'll, how early? Yeah, I'm like I just pop awake three thirty, four a.m. Oh, uh, oh, Jesus! And, and I, I that's <laughs> when I'm I think most uh, alive and, and and functioning best. So yeah. 
uh, yeah. get a little exercise out of the way, and then spend the rest of the day writing. And it, it's about mid-afternoon I start to peter out. But I've never been one of those guys who writes in the middle of the night. I, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm, I'm sawing logs by then. I understand. And so you're up at, wow, 3, th- I get up at 5.40 every morning. I thought that that's not, that's, you're really up early. Okay, but I like to write in the morning too. I find that's when I am cleanest. That's when I feel most, I feel sharpest, I think, is right yeah. first thing. Yeah, yeah it's a, another great benefit is uh, there's, there's um, no phones ringing. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I ignore the email. Uh, yeah. I ignore the internet because because that's yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the things that are intrusive, <laughs> but it's easy to do that when every when the world is quiet, and the it world is. Is, is is quiet that early in the morning. You know, I'm going to get a little woo woo on you, uh, uh, Robert, but I I I feel like I, and at the you know the city is still kind of sleeping, at even at you know five or six in the morning, and I think that I feel like that helps me. Not just my house, because I got a son who lives with my wife, but just the city itself. And I feel like, in some odd way, that helps keep me clear. I can't prove it, but that's how it feels. Yeah. Well, I, I guess there's a similar feeling. I mean, I do. Um, in addition to writing, I, I do. They're all related. I, I do a lot of my research, uh, exploration, oh. and driving at four in yeah. the morning. You know, in LA, LA. I love Los Angeles. I, I fell in love with it when I moved here, and and, yeah. I, and I still love it. But I'm not a moron, and I and I don't like the traffic. But at 4 a.m., right. you can actually drive anywhere in the city you want. You can drive all over the city on the freeways, the surface streets, yeah. because no one else is out there, just me. So you end up seeing amazing things, and there's a there's a fabulous vibe that I'm able to plug into, uh, whether whether real or imagined. But I. But it but it feels that way, and I, I find I'm uh, I get some of my most creative notions and thoughts uh, in in that particular quiet solitude. Are you a now? You came from television, and you came from film. I know you made didn't you? weren't you a bit of a filmmaker at the very very beginning? Didn't you do like, like oh well? Did you make some you know, short films? Starting when I was a kid, sure. I uh, right. I grew up making super eight millimeter movies and. Mm. Uh, and 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 stop motion animated films and and uh, all manner of things like that. So I, if there was right, a way so you, to tell a story, I was I was into it and practicing. You were on, right? Yeah. And so, but you but you and so you did. I mean, you came through writing and creativity through through the visual medium kind of first. It it sounds like. Uh, so did you? You must have been an outliner because a lot of the television people kind of ha- have to outline. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. Mandatory. I, um, I'm uh, a big believer in in, uh, in in doing most of my problem solving before I actually start to write the narrative. So right. I, uh, I I outline I, uh, uh, I I I grow the story as it were and the characters uh, until I I have to know. Oh gosh, I don't need to know everything, but I, I have to work things out and know maybe eighty percent. Of uh, the story, I need that beginning, middle, and end uh, for sure. Myself a framework. Framework. I mean, there's right. always there's flexibility, of course. Yeah. And and things do change, and I and I allow them to. Um, but uh, I find that if I don't uh, outline, I end up with this enormous stack of pages that uh, is is you know like 400 pages of of beginning and 50 pages of ending and no middle. 
right off the middle. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you did you write the monkey's raincoat? Was that outlined? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, you know, Monkey's Raincoat was not the first book I wrote. It's the first book I published. No, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I said I had, the first uh, published novel. I know yeah, you tried it at least. Yeah, it's a big twice, difference, right? Uh, and, and it was a, you know, I, I, I was coming out of, uh, I had written prose short stories, so I, yeah. I was fairly comfortable with prose. And then I'd yeah. spent um, the, the bulk of my babyhood career uh, growing up in television, which I thought yeah. was a, an enormous, uh, retrospectively, you, you can't buy a better education. Uh, sure. But then um, when it came time to write the book, I I had thought, listen, I, 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 I was, throughout my years as a TV writer, especially toward the end, um, I, I, I found myself sort of dissing TV work, you know, buying into that sure. whole thing. Well, the TV writers are sure. hacks, you know. Uh, right. They're at the bottom of the writer food chain, you know. Right. Movie writers are better. Book writers are best of all. Uh, right. But but we TV writers, we're just hacks. And and right. so because you have to outline and, and talk about your story before you write it and really work things out before you actually write the script, uh, I thought, well, I want to be an artist. I have to turn yeah. my back on that. And you know what I, I I know how an artist writes because you know I, I I've been inculcated with an artist simply sits down with a pad and a pen. <laughs> And your eyes roll back in your head, and you start right. to scratch and scribble. And then when your eyes focus again, you, oh my God, you have this book. Well, right. I kind of tried that, and it failed. Uh, yeah. and, and I kind of tried it a second time, and man, it failed even worse. So yeah. after two turns at bat that uh, resulted in outs, I said, look, I, I got this story I wrote, but I better, I better go back to what I do best and what I know. And, and that was the outline, break it down. Uh, figure it all out, and and I came yeah. up with the outline and characters for Monkey's Raincoat, and uh, man, that thing is still around. I think it's like in its 40th yeah. or so printing. Wow, wow! You found so you found your voice as a novelist in the world of crime, which is sort of where it's, I don't know. I mean, I listed off Hill Street Blues and Miami Vice. Did you work yeah. primarily in the sort of in 80s cop shows? Yeah, cop the show. majority were yeah. cop shows. I listen. I've um, I, I write crime novels because I love crime novels, but predating right. my involvement in TV, I mean, I was a voracious reader as a kid. I read everything eclectically. Yeah. But I, um, I, I, I like to, to. Well, I came to the world of crime fiction um, when I discovered Raymond Chandler way, way back in the day. Oh. Uh, wow. Uh, you know the the the. Um, uh, when I he was my gateway drug, you know, secondhand paperback, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, um, uh, you know, and and that was the door to the mystery section. And once I was in the mystery section, I fell in love with this stuff. You know, I and I, yeah. I read everybody. You know, certainly all the the American PI writers, Chandler and Hammond, etc. Et, et but also Don Westlake yeah. and 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 you know Robert B. Parker was a huge influence. All the sure. spy fiction, oh, yeah. all of that stuff. Uh, John D. Yeah. E. Ross, everybody. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if my interest in that led to my eventually working in, in cop shows on TV, but I was drawn to it. You know, the shows at the time, Quincy Beretta, Hill Street Blues, uh, Cagney. Yeah. I mean, these would be the things I would be watching if I wasn't involved in TV. Oh, you would have. So I wanted to be yeah. part of it, and that's what I wanted to write. You know, 
I think it's so important because I think that this is something I tell my students who are starting out. I'm like, don't discount what you love because if you love to, I think it's critical that if you love to read crime fiction, for instance, then you understand on a personal experiential level why someone loves crime. Because I think you have to have a fan's understanding of that genre to be able to connect to them on a such a personal level. So you loved it as a reader as much. You have to love it as a reader, I think, to be able to 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 connect to the readers the way well, you, you I, know I, they will be connected to. I, I, Does that make I, sense? Absolutely. I've sp- well, I've spoken to uh, a lot of aspiring writers at at, uh, at all levels, and yeah. I my 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 number one point, and uh, I not only uh, believe this completely, but I live by it. I tell people, you know, don't um, don't pay attention to all these articles and tweets that you read about. Well, you know, such as public. This is what's hot. This is what's selling. This is what I've right. got to write because right. this is what people want. Right. I said, what you have to sell is your passion. So whatever yeah. it is that that you dearly love, be it crime cr- crime novels of one kind or another, uh, be they cozy, be they be they be they. Detective novels, thrillers, yeah. uh, science fiction, fantasy, romance, whatever it is that you lust to read, uh, that's that's what you should write. You know, every yeah. every writer is a reader first. So write the books yeah. that you as a reader want to read because that's the only, in my opinion, that's that's the only reason to, to devote so much of your life to writing these things. You know, you can't knock out a book in a weekend. I mean, it takes, it's a huge investment <laughs> of time. and Well, maybe there are some guys who can. I can't. Well, uh, I'm not sure I want to read that book. <laughs> follow, the, the rule is follow your heart, right? What, uh, yeah. Write what yeah. inspires you. Absolutely. And, um, you know, and I think you not only write what you love to read, I think it's great if you can write the book that you can't find even, you know. Perfect. What's sure. the, what's, I remember David Bowie said that. He said, I had to write these songs because no I couldn't hear them otherwise. No one, I ha, I, no one was playing the songs I wanted to hear, so I had to that's, write them. That, no, that's a great way to put it. I mean, you you know? what you want to do is you, you know, the reader part of you, and the reader part of you is always there first. I mean, people don't become writers who aren't readers. So the, the reader part of yeah. you, uh, if, yeah. if that person is in the bookstore, what book? What story does that person want to find? I mean, if you if you yeah. stumble upon this book, you'd pick it up and go, "Yeah, man, I want that." You know, and and yeah. you're gonna take it home, you're gonna read it, and, and go crazy for it. That's what you should be writing. I'll tell you, the thing that differentiates, a, what I'll call professional writers, meaning not just making a living at it, but they're, this is what they're able to do, and they're thriving. And I've had a couple conversations with other writers about this. And what I think of as the inexperienced writer, I think the biggest difference is the experienced writer understands that their curiosity, the fact that they're curious about something, interested in something, passionate about, is reason enough to pursue it. I think the inexperienced writer thinks, well, everyone's curious about something. Who am I? I'm no one special. But the experienced writer trusts their interest, trust to follow it. It may seem like a small thing, but I think it's not. I think it's a huge differentiation because you have to commit to that thing when all you know is that you're interested. You, you know, now you know you have a bunch of readers, Robert, but you didn't know when you wrote Monkey's Raincoat. Sure. You know. Sure. You and, didn't know and, that and, thing. And, and you're spot on right. I mean, I, when I was writing um, 
my my first uh, many books. Um, despite the fact that I would outline, despite the fact that I would work out uh, the characters and have that beginning, middle, end, I knew where I was going. Um, everything kind of changes a little bit when you're actually writing narrative, yeah. and, and the book comes alive to life, and the, and the characters come alive. And each and every time, I reach uh, spots along the way when it just ran completely out of gas, and I hit a wall, uh, and I thought, right. oh, this is the worst thing that's ever been written. I hate this. Right. I, ha- I should just quit and throw it away and start again, because obviously I'm wasting my time. Right. And right. I, you know, early on, maybe just because I'm stubborn or or uh, or, or whatever, but you know, you, finally I'd get the book finished and somehow managed to pull it out at the last second. Somehow I managed to make make it work. Somehow, you know, The Monkey's Raincoat got written and then Stock and the Angel got written. And, you know, and then we get on like the eighth novel, L.A. Requiem got written and Demolition Angel got written. And each and every time, each and every time I'm writing these books, there's these big, big chasm, chasms where I'm thinking... It's the worst thing that's ever been written. Oh, my God. Throw it away. Turn away. Uh, So what I finally figured out, and and this was hard won, and I believe this is exactly the same way for everybody. Yeah. What I finally realized is that I can make it work. All I have to do is finish what I started and keep working work hard, polish it up, edit it, revise as necessary, but I can actually pull it off. I can actually make it work. And right. when that happens enough, um, you know, you develop this realization of trust. Yeah. I I learned to trust me. Now, I have to tell you, I have 21 books. You said at the beginning, I've written 21 books now. We're going to have a 22nd book now. Yeah. Every one of those books, all of them, the same thing has happened. Yeah, it'll happen That's this amazing. time. And, yeah. You know, I'll I'll reach this point with this book I'm working on now, and I'll just be in an enormous sucks. despair. And the difference right. between me now and me in those earlier books is I know it's coming. <laughs> See, I don't yeah. expect <laughs> I don't expect anything else. I know there's going to be this huge painful moment. But I really, you don't have a kind of a, a Lucy and, and Charlie Brown thing where you think, no, no this time, I'm going to kick this ball straight, no problem. No way. You don't uh, try to fool yourself? I've learned. I've learned. It, it, that, that's a great fantasy, uh, but, it, <laughs> it, it, but it doesn't happen. But what I've also learned is not to fear it. Uh, since I know it's going to happen, but I also know if I keep, you know, it's like running a marathon. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Not a question of how fast you finish. To finish, it's a question of keep putting one foot in front of another and don't stop. I've learned yeah. I can do that. Yeah, and you must have learned also that um, when that that when you hit that that chasm where you think ah, I don't know, I'm not, you're not feeling it anymore. You're not the book. You you kind of hit a fallow spot. You must have taught yourself not to be overwhelmed by that feeling of 
I don't know if I can finish it. I mean, there becomes almost like an intellectual thing of saying, I'm not going to listen to that voice. It's there, it's saying that, but I know that it's, it's a kind of illusion that I'm, I could believe, but I'm not going to. Is that, does that accurately sure, describe sure, kind of what happened? Sure. Kind of a, yeah. a discipline of mind that kicks in from yeah, experience. Yeah, it, it takes enormous discipline. Uh, every aspect of writing takes discipline, even the part that's as simple as uh, having to, you know, sit in a chair every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever times that are right for you, whether it's 4 a.m. or 8 p.m. or, or whenever, but uh, the discipline to sit in a chair every day and stay there and uh, and get the job done doesn't mean you're going to you're going to type out 10 finished pages of beautiful prose every day. Uh, right. you're going to have bad days. I have more bad days than good days. What? But the point really? is you're there. Honestly? Honestly. Wait a, minute, wait a minute. Honestly? You think they're more bad than good? I have more bad days than good days. Absolutely. Really? I've I've had Okay, wait. What's a bad that day? Way for Describe books. a bad day to me. Uh bad day is um uh, difficulty engaging uh, the wow. characters in the scene, in, in, in the yeah. scene, emotionally where I want them to be, and action where I want them to be. Uh, yeah. dif- difficulty, and even though I've kind of, I, I have this this scene description written. You know, here's what happens in the scene, and, and right. blah blah blah. Um, you can't see it. I, I'm, can't I'm, see I'm it. having trouble bringing it off. I'm having trouble realizing it in the narrative. Uh, yeah. Something's wrong about about the narrative. So maybe at, in that day I write the same two or three paragraphs over and over and over again. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, maybe at the end of the day I only have, you know, a page and a half instead of the you know six or seven pages I wish I had started. But the right. point is, you don't quit, and you keep right. uh, moving forward. That doesn't say. You know, you just blunder blindly forward. Uh, you know, the example there is me without an outline, where you got 500 pages and it's right. all a big beginning. Uh, <laughs> you know, you you you, you learn um, you learn to feel your way through as yeah. best you can, but but you still keep leaning forward. Yeah, you know, I think of a con of a, writing a story to me is like a conversation in that you don't really understand it until you're in it. And one of the things I tell my students is you have to find your story every time you sit down to write. You know, it's one thing to hold it in your head, but until you're in it and finding that unique stream of thought that is the story you're telling, yeah. you don't know how to tell that story. You have to find it. I, well, I do every time I sit down to write, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. I can't just start cold every time. I've got to find it and find it and find it. That, that it seems like that's kind of what you were describing in the bad day that you're having trouble finding it. Yeah, you 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 have trouble. Uh, I mean, sometimes you have trouble finding the thread. Uh, yeah. To, to to find the, uh, the the I mean, it could be anything to find the tone of the scene, to find the voice of the scene, uh, the voice of the characters. Um, you know, I, I you know one of the tricks I use now is is also to. Tr- to try, once I'm writing narrative, to try to, well, let me put it another way. Once I'm writing narrative, I think small. Um, think I, small. I, I, meaning, um, when I start to write, by the time I start to actually write narrative, I, I, I have these, uh, um, well, one of the techniques I use, I, I have these, 
these black foam boards in my office. Uh-huh. And, and throughout the outlining and development um, period, uh, those blackboards end up filled with note cards that I push pin in. And they're, and they're scene notes and scene descriptions and character descriptions and things like that. Yeah. But over time, they become the story. Right, they become they become right. a sequence of events that are the beginning, the sequence of events that are the middle, and, and the end. Um, and, and and I can actually walk across the room, look at these things, and there's the entirety, the story of my novel. It's right there. It's visual. Uh-huh. I can see it. It's a yeah. big thing. So, but when I actually start to write narrative, <clears throat> I don't think in terms of uh, trying to keep what's going to amount to 450 pages. Of typescript in my in my head, uh, right. When I when I'm actually writing on a day to day level, I keep uh, I think small. I mean, I just what I try to do is keep one scene in my head. Don't right. think beyond it. Don't think. Yeah. Uh, because because <laughs> with, maybe maybe I maybe I just have a wee brain, but it's, <laughs> it's oh. manageable for yeah. me to to keep a, a single uh, dramatic emotional. Uh, uh, scene in, in, in my head that I can wrestle with but to try to yeah. think in terms of well I'm on page 16 and I have you know another 438 pages to go right. uh, I find that daunting so I write one yeah. scene at a time and uh, yeah. as long as I'm writing one scene at a time uh, it's, it's, it's more of an equal match me versus the scene <laughs> yeah and it's, that's that bird by bird advice that Anne Lamott you know, sure. Great, gave, by the way, so I love great, that book. It's a great yeah. book, and it's a great because you want to. You've got to simplify your experience. Of you got to make at least I do. I want to make my writing experience as simple as possible, so that I can kind of get my mind around what I'm doing. And that bird by bird, that was a great way of thinking about it. Just one little thing at a time. One little thing at a time. The book's a big thing to hold in your head. I can I can lose track of an essay that I'm trying to hold in my head if it's only two thousand words, you know. <laughs> if I'm not just I can't. Well, I no, can't. I can just the next thing, I, the next thing. I think this is good advice for, for 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 any writer. I mean, you know, you you're writing what's right in front of you. Um, you know, you, you yeah. they, they 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 make these things called uh, edits and revision for yeah. for for later. Um, yeah. I mean, I do make notes along the way, like oh, you might have to do this or or, or whatnot, but. Um, write write the one scene make make that sing in some way and uh, and and then the whole thing becomes manageable. Yeah. Well, we didn't mention. I've been such a bad host. I forgot to mention that the name of the most recent book is The Wanted. It's The Wanted. This came out in December. Is that right? Uh, or have I misread yes, my promotional it did. material. Of December. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's the most recent. And by the way, God, you know, I have to admit, I'm actually not a crime reader normally, but I couldn't put this frickin' book down. So good job. Good job. Thank you. Because you hooked me for sure. Uh, It's just awesome. So it's The Wanted. It's the latest of many. If you haven't read it, people, go out and get it, and then you're going to want to go back and read all his others. But it's out there now. Uh, I'm almost ready to let you go, but not not quite yet. I have one more question for you. Yes, sir. question. What, What I want you to do is finish this sentence for me. If writing has taught me anything taught you what what has it taught you to trust myself yeah yeah did it mean novel writing did, did novel writing teach you that more than than the tv writing or was it all you know um not to knock tv writing i got friends who are tv yeah, writers it, and they no, love listen, it. it it's um 
at the end of the day, uh, all writing is the same. The size yeah. of the writing varies. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a, for an hour TV show, it's a 50-page script. Uh, right. You know, one of my novels is 450-plus pages. So, so there's a, you know, there, there's a there's a there's a tree quotient here. How many trees do you yeah. have to cut down? <laughs> right. Uh, but I found that during my uh, during the days I was writing short stories, uh, my time as a as a as a as a television writer, um, I put just as much uh, blood, sweat, and tears in each and everything I've ever written, and yeah. um, uh, maybe, maybe that's why I've distilled down the novel writing to think you know, like only one scene at a time, you know, because because whatever I'm writing, be it a short story or, or, or a film script or, or book, uh, the thing I'm writing in that moment, you know, once all the outlining is done, the thing I'm writing in that moment is uh, is, is is pretty short and contained, and, and yeah. that's where I'm most comfortable. Yeah, it's good advice. Trust yourself. Trust you. Might Trust as well. Yourself. Might as well. Makes it yeah. easier. Well, listen, it's been great talking to you. Congratulations on book number 21. I hope I get to see book number 22. I hope it comes across my desk and maybe I'll have to go pick it up. But keep up the good work, buddy. It's good Thanks, stuff. Bill. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. All right. Take it easy. You too, man. All right, bye-bye. Trust yourself, people. He's right. It's good advice. Writing is an act of trust. It really is. I'll be back next week talking to Audrey Wick, a romance writer, a new romance writer. Yes, I'm going to get her on the show. Until then, go find something you love to do and do it.